Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Inside Try Show with Helen Murray. This is the podcast that takes a deeper look at the sport. With in-depth interviews and special episodes to keep you entertained and inspired while you're training. All right, ready and let's go. Hello and welcome to episode 156 of the Inside Tri Show, sponsored by Form Swim, smart swim goggles with real-time metrics as you swim. I'm Helen Murray and each week on the Inside Tri Show, I bring you awesome interviews from triathlon and beyond. This week's interview is superb, Joanna Patterson. She is my guest. She is a full-time GP, so a full-time family doctor, who just happens to have competed at two Commonwealth Games. She's utterly smashed national time trials, as well as her Ironman debut back in September of 2022. Absolutely brilliant stuff. Before we get there, a bit of other stuff to bring you. I have one one very important question, actually. I would love to know, ladies, ladies, this, is, this one really is for you. When it comes to cycling shorts... What do you prefer? Are you a bib shorts kind of a girl or are you a normal cycling shorts kind of a person? Which one do you prefer and why? For me, normal shorts, absolutely. It's a toilet kind of thing. The bibs I can cope with on the turbo, but anything outside, I I just, I don't, I'm not a bib shorts fan outside. It definitely is my normal cycling shorts. What do you prefer? Bib cycling shorts or normal cycling shorts? Let me know. You can probably comment on social media. Send me a message. I would love to know. So this week's episode is brought to you by Form Swim, smart swim goggles, which I just love. I wasn't sure, to be honest, whether to wear them for my recovery swim after the Valtellina Wine Trail, but I thought, pop them on, Helen, because if anything, they will slow you down. It said very much specifically in the in the session easy like underlined and I thought it will make you go at an easy pace and they really did because I was so conscious of the pace that I was swimming and making sure that I didn't go too hard so I rate them very very highly if you're thinking of getting a pair for maybe yourself or maybe someone in your family perhaps for Christmas then keep your eyes peeled over the next few weeks. Any extra holiday discounts will override the normal 15% inside Trisho discount, but Form will know that you've heard about them here if you go via the link. So it's formswim.com forward slash pages forward slash inside Trisho. The membership that comes with the goggles for a year when you get them includes over a thousand guided workouts which appear on the screens inside your goggle and then like over 30 training plans as well which are designed by some world-class coaches they can also include or sorry it, it does also include the custom workout builder so maybe if you have a coach or you build your own swim workouts you can do that build the workout put it into your goggles and then swim 
to that workout. A few listeners recently were lucky enough to get a 40% off discount with the goggles and a year membership. So if that was you, if you were one of those lucky few, then let me know how you find them. So yeah, formswim.com forward slash pages forward slash inside try show. Have you yet signed up to the Erdinger 5k your way challenge felicity i know you are in and you are like i am a team nikki person kath you said you're also joining team nikki and your mate is going to join team lucy this Erdinger alcohol 5k your way challenge is all about helping people affected by cancer and i would really really love as many listeners as possible to get involved you can find all the details at insidetryshow.com forward slash links i've put links in the show notes as well and if you are a patron by the way of the podcast you should have got an invitation to the patrons only festive gathering on monday the 5th of december 2022 at 6pm GMT, that's 7pm Central European time. It's always really, really hard to find a time to suit everyone, but hopefully you will be able to make it. You can always sign up to be a patron, by the way, if you like what I do. It is patreon.com forward slash inside try show. Time for this week's interview. It was actually listener Donald who probably put Joanna Patterson on my radar. So Donald, thank you for emailing me, helen at inside to suggest her. Interviewing Joanna Patterson reminded me a little bit of speaking to oncologist and former professional triathlete Lucy Gossage. Perhaps it's that drive, perhaps it's the incredible success and the love for all things endurance alongside work. But anyway, Joanna is not Lucy Gossage. She is a fellow medic, though, working full time as a GP. And what is really amazing is that she has gone from being a novice bike rider to competing in the time trial at the Commonwealth Games, her second Commonwealth Games, by the way, in a completely separate sport. The first time was as a runner years ago. She's also paced Nicola Spirig in the Sub 8 project. And then she posted a four-hour, 24-minute bike split on her Ironman debut in Italy, going nine hours 12 in the process. Quite the 2022. Joe Patterson, welcome to the Inside Try Show. Joe, how is it going? Yeah, hi. Thank you so much for having me and inviting me on. Um, yeah, it's good. It's going good. I've just finished a sort of week off, a couple of weeks off, no training. So I've had a bit of a chill time and now back to work and back to training and loving life. <laughs> I must admit, I am so impressed by the fact that you are doing this interview. Basically, you're still in your work uniform you are a full-time GP and you're there right now in the GP office aren't you yeah no I thought it'd be a good time because with at home and stuff my phone crashes and everything um so I've tried really hard today to get all my appointments done so I could talk to you now just before I leave so um yeah sorry about the scrubs and stuff but <laughs> I'll go home and get you <laughs> some people sometimes say oh can, is it all right if like if I'm in my running kit when I do this interview and I'm always like yeah yeah I'm all I'm pretty much always in like for you do not have to be smart on this podcast at all but I haven't actually ever done an interview with someone in scrubs so I'm loving that <laughs> in my life I'm either scrubs or sports clothes it's pretty much <laughs> you never see me in anything else but... <laughs> <laughs> now Joe, are you are you an athlete? Are you a triathlete? Are you a cyclist? Like how how do you describe yourself? Yeah, well, I don't really know. I'm yeah, I like up until like a few weeks ago, I'd probably say I was more of a cyclist, and then I did a triathlon, and I really enjoyed it. And now I kind of want to train more for triathlon and cycling, with the kind of view to compete in both of them. But um, I never thought I could actually do make it or like be at that level in triathlon but I think um I kind of surprised myself with very little work doing sort of a triathlon recently and it's something I definitely want to look into doing more of next year this is great because so I, I don't know is this short answer? that's all right that's all right you don't have to know and actually I think being like a kind of a jack of all trades and an amazing GP at the same time is pretty pretty good on its own <laughs> 
Yeah, no, it's good. I like to keep busy and always have something to do. Like maybe at the minute I'm being too busy, like making myself too busy, but it's what I don't really like. I'm, I'm, one, I'm poor one for sitting down and watching TV or doing nothing. So it works well. But it's not like you've just come into this at all. You've got a really interesting background, actually, because back in 2010, you represented Northern Ireland on the track in the 400 and 400 relay at the Commonwealth Games in Delhi, didn't you? Yeah, no, so um, that was, yeah, 12 years ago now, so it doesn't seem like that, but time flies. Um, yeah, I've always been sporty. Like at school, I was always sporty into lo- loads of different types of sport and then went to Bath Uni, which is obviously one of the top sporting unis in the country. Um, and when I went there, I kind of signed up to about six or seven clubs and they were like, no, you need to be more serious about, you know, you need to do one sport and tr- train with the teams and do it properly so I chose athletics um, and then sort of built myself up to be a 400 meter runner from that um, and ended up yeah competing in 2010 at the Commonwealth Games like just when I moved to Glasgow um, to study medicine so my first month of medicine I was off because I was in Delhi um, so I had to persuade them to let me have that time off and then after that, it kind of got a bit, um, I just didn't find a group in Glasgow that trained the same as they did in Bath. And I kind of got a bit lost to athletics, but my, just kept myself generally fit and became a bit of a gym bunny. Um, and then, yeah, that's that was the end of my athletics sort of about a year later. And then kind of never thought I'd get to that level again in sport, but sort of kept going. And had you, you know, when you were a teenager, had you enjoyed running then or was it? literally a case of you went to Bath University and you joined the athletics track and it was suddenly like oh wow she's pretty good at the 400. (laughs) No I mean I did always do it at school like I did the school's athletics and I won the Irish schools for 400 and 400 hurdles and 300s and I was quite versatile like I used to do the there was one time I won the 100 and the 1500 (laughs) at the at the county school it was like you know you do all events um so I was quite I I loved it like I always loved athletics competitions I think it was probably my favorite thing at school and that's why when I went to Bath I chose athletics over sort of hockey or volleyball or other sports that I wanted to sort of do as well and then right it, because of I guess starting your degree in medicine and not finding that group then like were you sad about almost kind of leaving athletics at that point or were you just like oh well I have to make choices in life yeah I was I mean I, I actually had a really good group on paper in Glasgow I came up and joined Lee McConnell's group she was the Scottish record holder at the time and you know she was a big inspiration to me as well so training in that with that group was you know it sounded really good but the training style was just totally different it suited her really well but it just wasn't what I was doing and it didn't really suit me and they were training at really early times so I was never making the start of training and have to arrive when they'd already finished their warm-ups and it was travel to get there it just didn't work out and I was missing sort of the uni life as well and not able to make meet you know do as much stuff with friends and things so I just sort of fell out of it um and I did I did always feel like it always followed the athletics results and I'm like oh I wish I was doing that I wish I was doing that um but then just sort of stopped attending the training and things and just thought I'd never get back there but um still loved watching it and always wished I could get back there but wow. never thought I'd actually move sports I always thought I'd do master's athletics or something down the line but Joe there's still time for that <laughs> I know. Well, you never know you never say never <laughs> so then what what about then what about cycling when did the cycling come on your radar it was just by luck, really. In I think it was in 2018, I was on a like night out with colleagues from work and one of the consultants, he was like, oh, guys, we should all enter this triathlon. Um, you know, it's great fun. He, he like loved triathlon and, and four of us signed up for it on this night out. Um, and the next day, the girls were like, oh, I can't believe we did that. You know, we paid like £40 to enter this event that we're never going to do. And I was like, guys, we should do it. Um, so I bought a bike from the Cycle to Work scheme um, and then took it to the local bike track like a couple of weeks before the triathlon. And that's when I was like riding around and met my coach at the time. And he was like, um, he was like, oh, have you ever done ridden a bike? You know, you might need to get shoes and stuff for it. And he saw I was quite strong on it and then um, did the triathlon and got like one of the best bike times at the 
at the triathlon and then joined the triathlon club after that and then soon got into sort of the cycling side of things or COVID really sort of brought cycling on because you couldn't really do very much more um aside cycling and running in your spare time but did it during COVID did you spend much time on something like Zwift or were you actually out on your bike so I went out I was because I was working through COVID and no one else loads of people went it was actually a great time to cycle so I cycle to work a lot which I can't do now because the traffic and um, the roads just don't allow me to do that but during COVID I did that um, and cycled outside as much as possible I'm not not dead keen on turbo or Zwift I actually get my enjoyment from sort of being outside and cycling and so I didn't get into that as much as other people did so I did do like turbo online and things um, but not so much Zwift racing and things it was more sort of outside cycling but I managed to put in sort of like thousands and thousands of miles during the Covid year um, just by doing it in my spare time and cycling to work. And did you realise that actually your riding was pretty strong compared to other people who had literally just got on a bike <laughs> yeah I mean I don't know at first I I didn't really know what to, to yeah. think um and when I went on a training camp with the some of the people at the triathlon club and realized there was sort of you know strong up the strong sort of you know, going ahead in certain times, holding more like longer turns on the front and things. Um, and I got a power meter just before I went and my power was really good compared to sort of other people's. Um, so I realized there was probably potential there or had strength, you know, in cycling. And then it was soon after that, that I then got a time trial bike. And that's when I really sort of fell in love with cycling. Um, I just found it so much fun just riding my time trial bike super fast everywhere um, and I could do that on my own I didn't need a group and it just became sort of one of my favorite things to do um, and then it was just in COVID there was no other real events but they actually were running time trials at a very socially distanced um, level so I mean it wasn't much fun from an event point of view you'd just go at your time you'd start you'd leave there was no presentations no chat allowed um but you'd get time given to you <laughs> yeah so I started doing those and um was like instantly up in the top sort of five at nationals in the UK and that really surprised me so then I sort of focused more on that than triathlon I kind of been to swim and <laughs> ran a bit as cross training but that was about it um and decided to do more sort of time trial and cycling <laughs> and did did you have a coach at this point was John it's John isn't it was he working with you at this point or or did you I don't know did you think oh actually I'd quite like to take this a bit further yeah no so he used to try train at or he used to be the coach of the triathlon club that I was in so he would do a lot of the swimming and um helped me with my cycling um and things and he always sort of guided my way through things and then when I wanted to sort of take it up a level and be more serious with my training I think he saw potential in me and was helped started helping me develop a program um and then I was so strict to it and asked so many questions about it and stuff. I think he thought that, you know, he could sort of train me quite well um, because he would know that I would do sort of everything that I meant to. Um, so, yeah, so that's how I got to sort of be trained by him or coached. Then, right. What what about the Commonwealth Games in this second sport? So Birmingham 2022. Was that, did, did, did you think, oh, oh, maybe I could do that. Or did someone else say, Joe, have you thought about the Commonwealth Games? Yeah, so no, it wasn't really me at all. I think um, I think there was like, you have to put an expression of interest in for the Commonwealth Games. So I think that came up somewhere and I can't even remember if it was John or someone else or even Adam. My husband might have seen it and said, oh, you should do this for cycling. And I was like, no way, like I don't, I don't cycle. I don't have a team. I don't do anything. Um, but I looked at the qualification and there was a 25 mile time that you needed to be under. And I'd already done that. Um, and I'd already sort of podiumed at nationals and things. So I was like, oh, actually, I do hit some of these criteria. Um, and then my other friend was going for Scotland for a different sport, and he was like, oh, we should do it together. Um, so I just was like, I'll oh, put the expression of interest in, not thinking anything of it, like it would never happen. Um, and then somehow managed to get selected for that. Um, and yeah, so I went to Birmingham. I mean, it wasn't my, like at the time, I didn't, I mean, Birmingham, I 
wasn't one of the best races of the year by any means and that's what I ideally wanted to peak at but um yeah no I had a great time and just getting that experience at that level of cycling which I'd never had before was like something really invaluable to me. Did it all feel a bit of a dream Joe? just because it's so mad that 2010 you were on the track in Delhi you then you know you're concentrating on on your career going to the gym as you said a bit of a gym bully and then suddenly you're like damn good at cycling and on a start line again number on your back like ready to go at the time trial in Birmingham I know it's crazy like yeah totally would never ever have thought that that would happen um I mean I am really competitive I love competing and when I started competing in cycling again it did really give me sort of the buzz for competing but yeah it was totally a dream I was I so out of my I felt so out of my depth I was like oh I shouldn't be here I'm not all the cyclists around me were sort of you know pro riders or had teams they didn't you know they'd been cycling for a long time and there was just me there. so it was um a total I yeah I had to pinch myself a few times to to yeah just that I was actually there in the first place well I'm just trying to think and my head is not uh my my calendar my 22 calendar in my head is not working right so which came first Commonwealth Games or the sub eight project Oh, let me see. No, sub eight. Yes, yeah, sub eight came first. Okay. Sub eight was at the start of June. Um, so that's what I'd been training for. And the, these events are totally different. So sub eight um, and I'd eight, I'd wanted to do well at the National 100 Mile as well. Um, so obviously they're really long distance riding. Um, and the team that I was riding for in sub eight wanted to do it a bit different to the other teams. So a, a lot of the other teams were riding very short spells, but Nicola Spirik had wanted people us to ride it sort of a bit longer. Um, so I'd been training longer for that, um, especially compared to what you need for the Commonwealth, which is very much you're on or you're off or really high power, really low power. <laughs> so they were totally, totally different. But yeah, sub eight came first and then, then the Commonwealth Games was two months later. And, and did the sub eight, were you again did someone reach out to you for that and because of your like your performances basically in in the national time trials yeah so last year I was competing or I joined I was like riding under the independent peddler who are one of the top sort of amateur time trial teams um in the country um and when Lucy Charles was doing sub eight she had approached the team um and basically asked the team manager if you know, he would be willing to discuss with us if the team could be her part of her pacing team. Um, so that I was initially meant to ride for Lucy. Um, and then unfortunately, everything that happened with Lucy happened. Um, and some of the riders actually ended up riding for Kat's team. Um, but it just worked out because I was I, I definitely think I'm better at the slightly longer stuff than the sort of really hard on off stuff. So um, and Nicola had then approached me and when she realized Lucy wasn't doing it because um, I think she just wanted a couple of like stronger riders in her team and so she approached me and like she's one of my like idols in sport as well even when I'm not doing triathlon you know even having not done triathlon um, so yeah I agreed to do it for her at that time. What was it like being being part of that you know being there with riding for Nicholas Beerig like 22 a 2012 Olympic champion I know it was unreal it was you, you just yeah he's um yeah as I said she's one of the sporting people that I've always sort of I've been sort of looked up to I remember going in 2018 to the European Championships which were in Glasgow and at that stage it never wasn't triathlon based at all um and saw her I watched it I was watching it and saw her bike leg and she just ate everyone on the bike and was miles ahead and ended up winning it. <laughs> um, and then she did a lot of Zoom calls and things before the sub eight. And she's just such a lovely, like down to earth person. She's sort of what I would want to be in sport. Um, you know, she's got three kids. She's Her family is her life, her sport. She dedicates sort of her whole life, every spare moment she has to that. And she's just so, so down to earth and so grounded. Um, and just generally such a nice person. So then to meet her in real life, she was exactly the same as I expected. So that was really lovely. And she was just so, you know, just everything in an athlete that I would want to be, which I never will be. But um, you always have the, it's good to have these people to look up to. Oh, again, I'd say never say never, Joe. 
<laughs> we can say that, but I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I, I, one thing I, I did want to ask, actually, that, like there's loads I want to ask, but one thing in particular, in the national time trial, I think the 100, right? And I read about that you had been carrying a camelback, okay? And on first, when I read this, I was like, well, that's not aero. And then I think I've seen a photo, and actually, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't the camelback almost like um, in front of your chest as part of like making yourself as aero as possible? Is that wrong or is that right? Yes, that is right. Um, so... I basically had to carry a camelback anyway, just in the nationals, you can't have sort of support handing you fluids. Not that I drink that much anyway, but it's a way of how you carry it as effectively as possible. Um, and I always thought putting the camelback on your back would be the best because it would just round off um, on the top. But then I read a lot of things um, and actually putting it on the front to make yourself, it actually can be beneficial even if you're not using the camelback. Um, so... And recently, sometimes you see sort of other athletes, um, you know, even at Kona last week, you saw a couple of the guys with things down their front um, with that sort of idea to improve the aero position. So it definitely doesn't make you less aero. um, And if anything, it adds a bit to your aero um, and it gives you fluids to take on quite easily as you ride. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That was it. I, I was thinking because I had seen in, in Kona with the... Uh, initially I thought bloody hell they've got massive chests then I'm like oh no no that's actually like something down there I thought that it was something to keep them cool um and then I saw your photo with this camelback on and I was like ah that's the same thing it's annoying because it makes the photos it makes you look a bit like larger than you are (laughs) sometimes it makes the photos really unflattering um, because people don't realize you have a camelback down there (laughs) but if it makes you quicker that's the thing that counts (laughs) Yeah. What about then? Right. So my God, your 2022 has just been crazy. Full-time GP, um, sub eight project, riding for Nicholas Spirig, Commonwealth Games for Northern Ireland in the time trial, national time trials. And then you had this goal as well of wanting to do an Ironman, right? Your coach must have had a nightmare. <laughs> I know. I think he was losing it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, the Ironman had actually entered again on a complete whim to at the start of the COVID pandemic, or it was before COVID pandemic, but then the pandemic hit and it was that year that it was cancelled, um, but they allowed you to defer it. And again, my, a group of the athletes from my group were going over and most of them were doing the half, but a few were doing the full. And in my mind, I was saying, I was like, oh, I'll never do the full if I do a half because I'll never want to do double what a half is if I know how painful that is. Um, so I just entered the full and then it got cancelled and I got more into cycling and not swimming and not running. So I thought I'd never do it. I was like, oh, I'll just keep deferring it. And then this year I did the, yeah, the Commonwealth and then I had the European Championships two weeks later. And they didn't really go to plan. I wanted them to be my key races. I wanted them to be the races that I did really well at. But at this time, it was just, I just wasn't like firing on all cylinders. Um, I'd just been a bit ill, had a few niggles. It just didn't go the way I wanted. And I wanted to take something else from the season. So I still had this Ironman sitting, this entry sitting there that for the middle of September that I'd never really considered I think I'd said to my coach a couple of times as a joke oh I I remember I'm still doing that Ironman 
Um, and then after Europeans, I was a bit down. I was like, oh, um, and I messaged him and I was like, right, I'm going to do the Iron Man. And I think that's when he was like, come on. <laughs> but I think he saw that I wouldn't needed something from this season. So to be fair to him, put like a program in place, which was sort of eight to ten week, eight week program. Um, of sort of building a bit of swimming back in, running a bit more um, to get me through the Ironman. And I already had cycling training from the 100 and the sub 8. So I knew that bit would be okay, but it was just everything else and the nutrition, which I didn't realize was such a big thing in Ironman. Did, did you have your camelback? Yeah, so that's, you laugh, but I did actually. Um, I, that's why my first transition was so long. Um, it was a bit of a nightmare. I actually wore my... Put my, had to put my camel back under my yeah, skin suit after after the swim and then it fell right down my shorts like as I was running out and I lost the tube so I had to stop and like readjust it so I mean it was a bit of a nightmare in the end but it worked because I got good fluid from the camel back on the right. That, oh, this is genius honestly what and then in your bottles you just had the gels then in, in your bottles and the, like the carb drink in your camel back. Yeah, so my, my nutrition, I mean, in general, I don't, that's the big thing. I really don't feel prop, like okay. well enough in training. And in the 100 TT earlier in the year, I took 300 mils for the whole three and a half hours. Um, wow. So don't take, didn't take enough. Um, and obviously, Ironman, you have to run a marathon after. And, there's, you know, you need to, you can't really compromise on that. So compared to other athletes that probably didn't quite take the same amount of fluids and in hindsight don't think yeah the fluids thing was probably a bit um low and um, but yeah so I had a liter and a half in my camelback which had carbs in and then had an aero bottle that I just poured all the gels into and sort of on my clock every 15 minutes I said right I need to drink some of that just to keep that going um and that was pretty much my fluids. I had a bottle on the front but it kept falling off and getting stuck so at the end it was still full <laughs> Joe, honestly it's it's absolutely mental right an eight to ten week kind of build yes you've got an incredible base as well okay so we we have to take that but eight to ten weeks specific training for the iron man nutrition strategy kind of like come see come sir right then you only go and get a 424 bike split which is mad (laughs) And nine hours, 12 across the finish line for the age group win as well. Like, that's mad on your first Ironman. Yeah, no, I wasn't expecting that at all. Like, I thought that, like, I'd never swam over 3,000 metres in a row before. So this, and not especially out in the open water. So that bit was really scaring me. But actually, that went quite quickly. I think just adrenaline and being in a race kind of got me through that. But I started having a weird cramp at the end of the swim in my calf. Um, and then when I rode, it was totally fine, didn't feel it, but got off the bike and started running. And I was like, oh, man, this is, it was just really tight. Um, and I didn't know if I'd get through the marathon. So just there was aid stations every 2K. So I just ran to every aid station, ended up having a Coke at every aid station. So added it all up after. I think I drank four and a half litres of Coke or something during the marathon. Um, totally swim times were all at different starts I it wasn't I didn't know who I was racing against or anything um so I didn't I never thought I'd win like overall win the age group race and didn't think I'd go that fast in total so um there's loads of, it it makes me like excited about trying to do another one properly because I really want to see what I can do in that um because there's just a list of things that I'm like this went wrong this went wrong but it still ended up being like better than I could have ever imagined did you enjoy it yeah I mean it was my first one and I I know if I do another one it will not be the same but I actually did really enjoy I somehow really enjoyed it I think I think the whole atmosphere and just the whole event I like it was great I just like really enjoyed it the end of the, the run I didn't overly enjoy I started really struggling and when you see your pace dropping to a pace that you can you think you can run you know like for hours and hours and hours and that's a struggle it's it's not that fun um so the run I did really struggle on um but yeah it was good to finish and then after the finish I sat down and lit I think it must have been an electrolyte thing just every muscle in my body went into cramp um and I couldn't move for about an hour and a half so bad but yeah no in general looking back on it I enjoyed it but watching Kona I was like oh 
that looks really brutal so I'm not sure but that looks brutal but I want to be a part of it right <laughs> that competitive part of you yeah well there's so many other factors there you know like but yeah but it does yeah you watch those things and you're like oh I want to be part of it and would you, do you have hopes to I don't know go go pro as a triathlete is that would that be what you'd like to do for 23 yeah so I think I mean after again after Italy before Italy it would not have been anything it was literally a tick box bucket list I want to do an Ironman in my lifetime um but then after Italy just from enjoying it so much and doing quite well at it and knowing that I can improve like so much on all these things um I think you know it's something that I'm definitely looking into um so I looked how to get a pro license and I think you can get one you know I can get a pro license so I think I'm thinking of taking that out for 2023 just to do sort of a couple of races and see you know how it goes and I mean my swimming isn't is definitely like very far off but when you look at pro fields that are the odd swimmers that you know I could compete with on that I mean I wouldn't be miles behind I would be miles behind the front people but you know there'd be people around me still so yeah it's definitely something that I, I'm thinking of doing for 2023. And haven't, haven't your friends set up a bit of a GoFundMe page? Yeah okay that was not me setting that up yeah <laughs> my friends and my coach I think because basically because of my age and my background like I still want to do the you know still I don't want to be like full-time, full-time pro. Um, obviously that would be ideal, but there's not really that opportunity in triathlon. Um, and the expense to do everything that you want to do is re- so vast. Um, and at the minute I'm working so long to sort of fund everything that I do um, and not getting any recovery. So I get up most days at four to train, to come to work, to go home from work to train to go to bed you know it's it's not ideal from the rest and recovery point of view um and I just want to do as well as I can and I wouldn't do it for years and years but I just want to sort of put what I can into it for sort of a year and see how I can go I mean, even my bike um, I've ridden like 95,000 kilometers now on my bike um, and it's great I love it but it's definitely falling apart <laughs> um and I just want to sort of put myself on the start line sort of at, or as an evenly matched as the others sort of if you take everything else away from it as possible and um, so yeah my friends set up a GoFundMe page for sort of friends and family and people to um, sort of help out with and people have been really sort of supportive of it Um yeah it's not something I'd really want to do but I think it's just to allow me to have that bit of extra time and ability to sort of focus on training and you know, not being sort of a full-time athlete, but just kind of cutting down work and allowing me to train a bit better and have sort of equipment and stuff that matches other athletes on the circuit. Almost doing a, a, a bit of a of a Lucy Gossage, mixing her doctor work and the professional triathlon as well. Yeah, yeah, well, it's people like her. They're people that sort of really inspire me as well. Um, so, yeah, I know about her and her research and things into sort of medicine and oncology and stuff, and that's amazing that she does all that. Um, and it's those sort of people that do sort of really inspire me and sort of show me that actually, you know, if I do put my mind to it, that maybe I can do something within it. I, I think you you totally can, Joe. You've already done, like, switch sports between Commonwealth Games and... And yeah, debut Ironman, like nine hours, 12. I think you can definitely, and life's too short not to do that kind of thing, to like throw yourself into it and and just give it a crack. And I I mean, I know you're just saying there, you get up at 4 a.m., but how, how on earth do you fit everything in at the moment? Yeah, well, the, the reason for getting up at 4am is that I need breakfast and I need to, like, I just can't function without breakfast, like fasted eating just doesn't work. Um, so I tend to get up to eat breakfast sort of like and then chill, like sort of potter around, do my admin and stuff for an hour before I'd actually do any training um, and then sort of train and then come back and like leave for work at about quarter past seven. Um, so yeah I mean I think it's just the way I work some people can get up really early and just sort of go straight into training but that just doesn't work for me and so yeah there's a lot of sacrifices I think socially like my friends are really supportive and 
um, they know that it's difficult to sort of, you know, constantly socialize and things if I want to do sort of the best I can. So I think they are really just generally supportive. And I have um, like close friends as well who do triathlon or are getting into triathlon and they just provide sort of training partners for me. Like, you know, they'll come to the gym with me in the morning or they'll come to the pool with me. Um, and do things and it's just good to have sort of certain people around and um, and then my training group I kind of use that as sort of a social activity as well so try and I persuade my coach to give me the group runs as much as possible um just because it's a bit of a social you know something to people to see and actually on a social level um and I think having those people around you really helps Lucy Gossish just to go back to her because she's great um no but Lucy often says you know, even now, even though she's retired as a as a professional triathlete, actually she still needs that outlet from from her job. And you're not an oncologist, but you are a GP, and GPs are like, blimey! If ever you're having a tough time, it's now. It's over the past couple of years. Do you find that all of your training just helps you mentally as much as anything? Yeah, like totally. I think I really like it's sort of a release training. Like I love finishing work and just going and like running outside or swimming or like cycling. I just it just allows you to switch, turn your mind off because you just speak to so many people and see so many people and deal with so many things that you can let that consume you a lot of the time and you can go home and worry about making the wrong decisions or forgot forgetting to do something or you know I hope that a lot of GP and involves in patients making their you know taking their own responsibility if you say to them to come back if it's not getting better you expect them to come back but then you start to worry that they won't and you'll miss something that's you know quite serious and that that you know it can consume you so I think um, exercise in general really helps sort of you know release and it really helps maintain a good mental health um, so yeah I I've really I'm not one I wouldn't go home and I wouldn't get enjoyment of going home and just sitting in front of a tv which other people do and that's absolutely fine but I think for me just burning some energy or doing something else um, just to switch off completely from the day really really helps um, and I think that's maybe why quite a lot of people from medicine end up doing quite well in, you know, triathlon and things because they're so committed to, you know, they're good at training. I think that is such a good point because even if they're not in the professional ranks, you know, there are so many age groupers who, who are medics and and like you say, are so um, like really good at sticking to their training because they have to be, they 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 have to just fit it into that schedule, don't they? Um, Joe, I do have another question, actually. You've achieved all of this amazing stuff, but what actually happened on a training ride? I think you mentioned it. Not exactly what happened, but I think you mentioned the same training, like training camp just soon after you got into triathlon, which has actually affected your vision since. Oh, yes, that was, I think that's actually motivated me as well to do sort of what I do. But um, yes, yeah, so it wasn't long after I'd gotten into triathlon. I hadn't got a time trial bike or anything at the time, but I went on the group training camp to Spain. Um, and at that time, I, as I said, I'd been doing loads of gym and was generally a really strong person, but had no real bike skills and things. So I was riding and it, it was a very last, I think it was the last ride. Um, we did sort of, you know, a sprint to the finish. Um and obviously being competitive and I was like, right, I'm going for this. Um, but I don't know if it was like a mismatch between sort of power and skill. I think I went to stand and my feet got all over the place um, and the bike basically locked and swerved and fell like smashed into like a concrete ditch on the side. Um, so I whacked my head um, and like it wasn't it wasn't like I wasn't sort of you know like I think I was maybe out for a couple of seconds but I wasn't sort of unconscious unconscious or anything and kind of got up and had a really awful concussion um at that time couldn't like it was all blurry couldn't really see it was I can't even remember much of what happened after that but managed to get somehow back to the UK um with someone and um got like scans and stuff over here um and then 
they said it was a bad concussion. They said, you know, you're a bit of contusion and things, it should get better. Um, so I thought nothing of it. And then my vision, like progressively, and in, in one of my eyes got worse and worse over a month, um, to the point of not really being functional at all. And again, I think as a GP, I would say to someone like, why have you not done anything about that? But I think I was just like, oh, it's just the concussion. It's fine. It'll get better. And it was only when I was working in A&E that one of the consultants, I think I mentioned it and they were like, that's not normal. Like you need to see about that. Um, and I've had like so many scans and things since, but basically the optic nerve doesn't look like it's, it's, sort of, it's not connecting signals. So it's not... Um, I don't know what's happened to it, like whether it's sort of been damaged in the accident or what, but it's um, the signal isn't going through. So I'm not getting sort of vision on that side. Um, and they've done loads of other tests. They thought they didn't know if it was totally related to the accident. I think they were a bit scared in case it was something else that was just a total red herring. Um, but I mean, I think it definitely started at that point. So I'm pretty sure it was related to it and it was on that side um so yeah it's just i've been to the ophthalmologist like hundreds of times since and it's just not improved um but at the start i was you know really sort of annoyed about it i couldn't it took a while to adjust but now it's just i'm used to it i just need to make sure something like that doesn't happen to the other side yeah and how does it affect you when you're on the bike and and you're, you're like what you can see or that, yeah like that vision really yes it's more peripheral vision that it affects um so i mean on this in this country you sort of ride in the left so it's not so bad because you see on your right um and when i'm sort of on the other side you need to like look more and turn your head and things and it's probably why i don't do so much sort of bunch riding or bunch racing because the last thing i would want to do is sort of cause an accident to someone else although again i've got used to sort of you know just keeping more of a lookout now and things um but initially it was more sort of 3d so when i'm riding it's little things you don't think about so i can't see mile gradients i never pick up on so you know for time trialing when you need to go harder up like sometimes i think it's flat but actually it's a bit uphill um and so, until i feel it in my legs i'm like oh it's gone slower it must be uphill um so it's 3d perception and things like that like is what the main main thing is that i've noticed um but yeah i mean it is what it is and you just have to sort of you know you see people that go through way worse and have sort of way way more significant brain injuries and things and I think you can say you've come off a bit you know lucky in hindsight because I can still do everything that I want to do and um, it just yeah it limits certain things but um, I think that's just my choice not to put myself in sort of big bunch races and things because I yeah just don't think I've got a skill either at the minute. Uh, Joe, slight aside what is it about medics thinking like oh no it's nothing <laughs> I know. you're the worst <laughs> I know I think we're all the same <laughs> you're the same but then at the same time you become quite hypochondriac in your head about things every every little symptom you get you're like oh I hope it's not this but yeah <laughs> so we're about to finish this interview what is on the cards for you on a typical like Monday night it's what coming up to 6 p.m yeah, so, well, normally I'm probably, normally I do my surgery up to now, but I managed to get a few squeezed in over lunch. So I'll probably, after this, I'm totally finished work, which is nice. Um, so I'll go home, but at the minute, it's a bit of a nightmare with the traffic. Um, the roads in Scotland are a nightmare, so it takes over an, probably about an hour and a bit to get home. Um, and again, I can't ride that because there's just no routes to ride it um and then i'm going swimming with my neighbors who are also like keen triathletes um so we do the same set in different lanes so our pool's quite good it'll be completely empty hopefully so we're gonna do a swim set um tonight and then i'll come back and eat and things and then go again tomorrow 4am alarm yeah well maybe yeah i think it is bit of a run before work but yeah no it's fine <laughs> oh wow joe you're gonna you're gonna do you're gonna do some amazing things in triathlon i know it now so really really best of luck with that and yeah keep rocking it it's incredible oh 
Oh, no, thank you very much. And thank you for having me on the show as well. I started listening to it last week because I don't normally listen to podcasts. Um, but when you mentioned message, I was like, oh, I'm going to listen to this. And it's really interesting listening to everyone on it. So it's good. Oh, it's my new you. running um, background. Oh, yay. We like this. Thank but you so thank much. You. Yeah. But thank you. Thanks for listening to the Inside Try Show. If you want to get in touch or get a little bit more information on anything, then reach out to Helen on Instagram or Twitter at Inside Try Show. Lucy, thank you for your note. You said thank you to Helen and Andrea Mason for a great episode on raising much needed awareness of endometriosis, the need for regular smears and the importance of being kind to yourself. Smear booked. Nice one, Lucy. Denise, she said, I did the Stockport 10 in near tropical conditions. Probably my favourite race of the season. I've done that one before. I really enjoyed it. Nice little hill at the end. And I think I was too busy chatting to notice the hill last time I did it with you, Loz. Christina, you said I did a progression run on Saturday, followed by a wedding and then one and a half hours on Zwift listening to Inside Tri Show podcasts on Sunday. Swim First Junior Tri Club, you just said mud. Lots of mud. Deb, congratulations to you. You said I got a PB at Derby 10 mile. It was a great way to end my year. And you said I need to start planning next year now. Yes, you do. Absolutely. What are you thinking, Deb? Let me know what you're thinking of putting on your calendar. I might be able to give you an update soon on one thing that I am hoping to do next year. Like I say, might. (laughs) I actually had a bit of a lazy weekend alongside Simon. He said, I had a lazy weekend. I had to work on Saturday on a tough job. Good upper body workout though. So I didn't do anything on Saturday and then I only managed a 45 minute turbo on Sunday afternoon. I'm going to remedy that tonight though with an hour turbo and a brick run in the rain. Yay. Well, Simon, I was feeling a bit under the weather. I don't know. You might be able to hear it in my voice, but apart from doing a few dog walks and some gentle yoga. I didn't actually do anything, but hopefully the rest and some vitamin C will do the trick. Having a cold just sucks, doesn't it? Ugh. I did, before the cold came along, have the most amazing chat with Dr. Nikki Kay and Michelle Dillon, all about the menopause, which you will be hearing next week. So thank you so much for your questions if you sent one in. New Zealand's Kyle Smith is also going to be coming your way pretty soon. So too, a 70.3 Ironman age group world champion. So there's plenty to keep you motivated as you train. Between Christmas and New Year, though, there will be no episodes. So you're just going to have to listen back to your favourite one from the archive there's over 150 or to choose from so <laughs> or maybe just spend the time with your family anyway this week's episode has been sponsored by form swim to help keep you motivated as you swim for a 15% discount head over to formswim.com forward slash pages forward slash inside try show do keep sending us your monthly goals for Preska sportswear you just have to comment on the press Instagram post you'll see it over at Inside Tri Show at Prescott Sportswear you can also get a discount with Prescott it's Inside Tri 15 and it's valid until the end of March 2023 there's money off too over at Resilient Nutrition Comfuel.co.uk LifeJacketSkin.com and 33 Fuel just look in the show notes for the codes that is it for this week though so thank you for listening Happy training, happy racing, and we'll catch up again next week. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.